Welcome to the Sacred Emergence Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Wong, and I'm so thrilled that you're here. This is a place where you'll be guided to living your most aligned life so that your truest, most radiant self can emerge. We'll be jamming on topics ranging from spirituality, entrepreneurship, to wellness and lifestyle design, and everything in between that can support you to grow, evolve, and shine, all the while not taking ourselves too seriously. So if you're ready to step into your leadership, break through limiting beliefs, own all of who you are, and expand in abundance, grab yourself your faith cup of tea, and let's dive in. Hello, hello, lovely. It's Michelle Wong here. And before I introduce to you this week's guest and um, interview, I wanted to give you two heads up. One is that you definitely want to listen to this episode with your headphones on without kids being around. This is definitely rated R content, even adult content. Um, And secondly, if you are the type of person who is not interested in... um, and sex in the bedroom, outside the bedroom, all things sexual nature, um, you definitely want to skip this one. Um, Heather and I go pretty into it, and um, there's not a lot of sugarcoating. It's pretty, the languaging is pretty coarse. Um, I want to give you a heads up. Definitely want your headphones on, and uh, I encourage you to listen with an open heart, open mind, and I feel like this information is needed. So definitely listen in if you can. Enjoy the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Sacred Emergence. It's Michelle Wong here, and I have an amazing guest with you today. Heather Tucker is joining us, but we have California. So same time zone. Woo-hoo. <laughs> <laughs> and we are going to talk about a juicy topic today. And so, you know, if you have kids around, you might want to, um, you know, put earphones on because we're going to talk about SEX. Sex. Okay. So Heather, welcome, welcome. Let's talk about sex, baby. <laughs> oh my goodness. Before we even hit the record button, um, Heather and I, you and I were just talking about like, what should we focus on? Because you have quite a, like, a lot of interesting topics. You know, we were talking about like weight loss, confidence, and you were saying how your sex journey just kind of shifted from there. Um, and we were talking about how like, it is such a taboo topic and you're pretty vocal online um and it's kind of gotten you into some trouble quote-unquote trouble and i just really admire how you show up even though i know it's uncomfortable um and that's where i just feel like sex should not be a taboo topic and the reason why it's a taboo topic is because people feel like it's something that shouldn't be talked about but if you don't talk about it how will you know what to do (laughs) and all the things Um, so i'm excited me too. And just you saying all of that is making me get teary eyed because uh, I have had to go through a lot of hate, a lot of hate. Yeah. And like, it's like anything that's to do with um, things that are more private and personal, like, you know, like to, with our bodies. Um, I feel like there's so much, and especially when it comes from the perspective of a woman, you know, because men can talk about sex for whatever reason, um, and it's less of a charge. Right. Um, I think when women see men talk about sex, they go, oh, it's just a guy. Yeah. Like It's, it's ex- just a guy thing. It's just a guy thing. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. guys have very little, I think when guys talk about sex with their guy friends, I don't know, it's like, it's very different. And I think with girl, women, I should say, 
uh, there's a level of discomfort and I don't, and it's not you, Heather. <laughs> it's like, it's, it feels like me, damn it. <laughs> but it's okay. I know. I know it's not actually me. I yeah. know I'm triggering people. Yeah. It's like, and people... they're so used to me being quiet. That's the thing. Ah, okay. That's the thing is, you know, I've come through like my own coming out. Like yeah. I have, you know, come out of my cocoon. Yeah. So to say. And so people are so used to me being one way, you know, this very, you know, protective of what I say and professional and making sure everything was just so. I literally used to think about every single post. Sometimes for hours, I would be looking at words and I'm like, is this anything that's going to make anyone mad? Mm. And I would spend my day like that in my business. That's and if I felt like it was going to like hurt someone's feelings or any of that kind of stuff, I just, I wouldn't even post it. Or I would take out chunks of what was really in me just to please other people. I so get you. Cause it's that people pleasing. Like we just don't want to offend people. Uh, I so get it. Cause I was in your shoe, like very similar. Um, and so I just applaud you for, especially with the topic of sex. Um, and it's funny. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about your story and how you got into all this, but I just remember one time you're like, cause we connected through, um, our coach or my direct coach, Jonna Kingsford, and then you're in the larger group program, right. Dreamspo. And I was like, who is this woman? <laughs> um, tagging me when something is like, you know, you know one of Jonna's live training is on, you'll tag me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'm like a social butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, um, but I remember when we were like in the group and, you know, connecting and all that, you're like, I got, I'm in like Facebook jail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> and I was like, I oh. forgot about that. See all the stuff that you, you go through and then you like, don't want to think about it anymore. So you stuff it down. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So let's kind of rewind a bit. And like for those, you know, I, I, I didn't, I wanted to mention like, yeah, it's not you. It's not like your work. It's, it's because it's activating or triggering however you want to say it other people, because it's a very uncomfortable and there's taboo and there's judgment. Right. And it's all like, yep. anytime we judge other people, we're <laughs> judging ourselves and like, where are like, you know, it's all the internal work. That's hella uncomfortable. Yep. <laughs> You're right. So, um, yeah, let's rewind. And if you're willing to share your story of, of how you got to the work that you're doing now. Yeah. Like how far back would you like me to go? Cause it kind of goes back far. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's talk about how, cause you help women in weight loss. Um, and you also help women get more comfortable in the bedroom. Yes. And with their body and, and with their body. Okay. Just, I love you know, being able to <laughs> being able to step into their female power, being able to get comfortable touching themselves. Mm. So I actually think, let me, let me start back and I won't spend a lot of time on this because I know we're on a time thing, but um, more of that story on Facebook, <laughs> go follow me, but it actually started way back in my church days. So when I grew up, I was in a very, very strict Baptist church. Everything sexual was not talked about. If anything, we were taken into a room with, you know, one other woman that was in the youth group and she was like over the women or the girls at that time. 
And she basically said, save yourself until marriage. And a lot of us teenagers were like, yeah, but like, okay, fine. But once we get married, who's going to show us how to do it? I mean, and that's all. We didn't have anything. <laughs> we didn't have anything. It was so strict. And my mom and dad wanted to protect us so much from guys, you know, our age or older. And they like, they went through all the movies. They went through all of the TV shows. They went through all of their, our music. And anything that had a hint of sex, they said, you can't listen to that. You can't watch that. And my sister and I, who's a year and a half younger than me, her and I both used to say, why? And like, we would never get an answer. It was mm -hmm. just, that's the way it is. <laughs> like that movie, Because I Said So, Because I Said So. Mm. And we just had to like accept it. Well, as I grew up and then I got married and I started having kids, the only thing that I had access to, which is taboo, was porn which was frowned upon by the church. And so it was a very hidden, secretive thing. I, I held a lot of shame and guilt about watching porn over the years, but it was all I had to go on. There was no one, mm. like there was literally no one. And I looked, I looked for books. I looked for anything I could possibly find when the internet came around. I would search on the internet and look for anyone that could share what an orgasm is what is it supposed to feel like am i you know sucking on a dick right like i did honestly <laughs> i didn't know i literally did not know okay and so i went into a lot of my relationships and i just hoped that my performance when i was with these guys was pleasing enough so that I could keep them so that I could have, you know, a relationship, especially if it was like someone that I fell in love with. And any time that I was broken up with, I immediately thought it must be my performance. So mm -hmm. I literally carried with me for years and years and years, this hang up, like, I hope I'm doing it right. I don't know. You know, I, I didn't know. Then I got married. I started having kids. Then I got divorced. And then I got remarried and Chuck and I tried to have our own baby together, went through a couple of miscarriages, went through a big weight gain, over 100 pounds, went through a big weight loss, which then I lost 106 pounds. And along my journey of weight loss and really coming into, oh my God, like this feels good. Like I'm starting to feel good. I'm starting to feel energetic. I started to get comments from other men on social media and like in person, I was actually getting whistled at and, and the attention felt really good. Meanwhile, my husband, <laughs> after we had our, our son, which is my third son, our first one with him and I together, he started to act disinterested in sex. So this is kind of where like the big portion of my story around sex comes along. I mean, it's obviously been around since I was a teen, but after we finally, you know, God finally like brought this miracle baby into our lives and I was ready to have sex again. 
and all of a sudden he doesn't want to touch me. Like I literally was doing the same things that I did before. I would climb on top of him. He would push me off. And I still remember, like, I still just bring me to tears because that feeling of rejection of being pushed off when you're actually making the effort to show love to somebody and then they're pushing you off, like, that to me was the biggest rejection of all. And for a while there, I thought, well, maybe it was because of the miscarriages. Maybe he's grossed out by my vagina. Like, I don't know, you know, like, what's happening? You know, it was my weight gain, you know, a turnoff. Was my um, weight loss a turnoff because he didn't join me. So he was still, he's still heavy to this day, by the way. Um, but he didn't join me at that time. And so I actually was thinking that maybe he started to fear that I was going to leave him for someone else. Maybe my weight loss was creating insecurity in him. I just didn't know my husband is not a talker. He does not share shit, okay? I have to guess all the time in my relationship with him. I have to guess where he's at. Even if I ask him, he's sometimes very vague. So it's taken a lot <laughs> for us to work through all of our stuff to even get to where we're at because he doesn't give me a lot to work with. <laughs> it's so frustrating. But... Um, so basically this went on for 12 years. We went into like after Josh was born, we went into this 12 year span of being sexless. Now we weren't totally sexless. Like we still had sex, but it was like literally sporadic. Mm -hmm. Three to four months, maybe uh, I would circle. I started to circle it on the calendar. I started to show him my calendar. I was like, okay, like here's the last time. Like, you're a guy, like, are you fucking missing it? Like, don't you need that ejaculation to like, you know, de-stress from work? I mean, come on, buddy. I thought guys needed sex. What is up? You know, I'm like, why the hell is a guy that I'm wanting sex, you know? And so then I started to feel alone and rejected and un unwanted. I started to feel like, God, I must be the only woman on the planet. I started to actually think something was wrong with me. I started to pray to God, why am I a woman who desires sex? I must be the only woman on this planet who desires fucking sex. What is wrong with me, God? And I would sit in the bathroom and I would cry because none of my friends talked about sex. If anything, they were like, oh my God, my husband always wants me. Ugh, doesn't he see how tired I am? I had all the kids all day. Like that's the kind of friends I had. No one else was like me in my circle wow and i didn't i never overheard anything at church either right <laughs> any other woman talking about how much they wish they were having sex with their husband like no one else but me i literally like michelle i thought for years something is fucking wrong with you heather you have a sex addiction you probably need help like i was thinking about that for a long long time like a mm. long 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 time here's what i discovered though along the way it was like 12 years in to this shit. And I finally said to my husband, this was about three years ago. I said, I don't know how much longer. And he knew, by the way, you can tell I'm very talkative. He knew how dissatisfied I was. He knew how much that I wanted him. He knew that I didn't care about his body size. He knew all of the stuff. Like I had vocalized, I don't care. I love you. Like I just mm -hmm. want to be with you, mm -hmm. you know? So he knew all of that. 
but for some reason he still wasn't wanting it, you know? And I took it upon myself for 12 years to tell him how long it had been and he must need a reminder. And, you know, and I was just a constant, like this drip, this constant drip. That is the main thing that God pointed out to me three years ago is I was like on my last straw about to divorce my husband. I was done. Like I was just so fucking done. I, I couldn't, I literally couldn't. In the meantime, I had all these other guys that were like complimenting my body and wanting to have sex with me. Even like local people here, they offered to have sex with me. Wow. And, yeah. And I was like so ready to give in by the way. That's a, that I did have an open relationship for a while. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Um, but I was like so done. So I said to my husband, like, I can't do this anymore. I, I have this craving. I don't feel like I'm wanted as a woman. I don't feel loved. Like my language of receiving love is physical touch. You know this. You know that. I kept telling you, you know this. <laughs> you know this about me. You need to touch me. You need to fucking touch me. So he knew this all. And he was like, okay, what, you know, what can I do? And so he's like, I don't want to leave you. He's like, I don't have the same craving. Should I talk about the open relationship? I mean, whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, I want, I'm curious, like, as to what transformed for you. Like, okay. The main thing that started to pop out to me was this whole 12 years. I was pointing fingers at him. Uh, it's all him. It's all him. It's all him. It's all him. It had to have been him because I wanted it. I wanted it every day. Like I would approach him several times a day. So it must have been him. Right. I mean, that's what I thought. I love well, this. <laughs> come to find out there was actually, which this is actually a lot of what I teach inside my, my program sexifier is, helping the woman that is sexless or is struggling in the relationship to actually go from that pointing fingers to pointing the fingers back at themselves. Because mm. a lot of like where our struggles are, whether it's weight loss, confidence, whatever, like we think it's someone else. We want it to be someone else. Like we want it to be someone else. It's so much easier to put the blame on other people instead of looking in, at ourselves and what we can actually do to better ourselves and to change and to make the situation better. So the main thing that I was shown and most oh, it, I meant to bring the verse, but there's an actual verse in the Bible and it says um, something about it's better. It's better to live on a roof than with a nagging wife or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. And so the word nagging is what popped into my head and that is the word that God shown on me. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> mm. I was like, no, I don't want it to be about me. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be about me. But I knew that that is what was going on. Because remember how I said, I would take this calendar and I literally would show him for 12 years, look at how long. And I would remind him daily, like, mm. don't you want me? God says you're supposed to have sex with your wife. God says. So I was like taking it off of me. I was like, God says, yeah, you're supposed to have sex with me. 
And the only time you're not supposed to have sex with me is if we're both in agreement. We're not both in agreement. (laughs) (laughs) You're so funny. Oh my goodness. Okay. But literally that was the starting point three years ago as I was like, okay. Mm. So then I started to test that. I was like, I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop talking about it. I'm going to stop complaining. I'm going to stop complaining and I'm just going to start appreciating my husband and everything that we have already and just start to look at that and to develop an attitude of gratitude. And that is where things started to change. Mm, I love, 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 love that. So what you did was you kind of put, well, you took responsibility for your own self. Um, and I love that you went first with gratitude, you know, mm-hmm. and appreciation. Um, that's beautiful. And like, I forgot to introduce you as mindset queen. <laughs> so I mean, basically, like I take a woman, whatever they say, I'm like, I'm going to show you how to shift that around so that you're going to arrive over here on the positive side. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. So from there, things started to shift and how like, you know, it's funny because I'm former Catholic um, and you're a born again Christian. Um, and I actually don't like I to be a born again Christian. Does it mean that you were once does it mean you have a different perspective of like, what does it mean to be a born again Christian? Like, OK, so you grew up Catholicism. Yeah. So you would go and you would confess your sins to the priest and yeah. you would be the mediator between yeah. yourself and God. Yeah. Okay. So for a born again Christian, Jesus Christ becomes the mediator. So you basically invite Jesus into your heart. It becomes a personal relationship. So it's okay. more about personal relationship than it is about religion. So okay. it's more about... Um, when God's spirit literally comes in and dwells in you, you literally have an emotional, spiritual like experience. Um, you feel it. And then you actually feel and you can sense his presence. Like, okay. It's literally like I feel him. So there's, day. so there's not like a born again Christian church. <laughs> I mean, yes. Okay. It's more called non-denominational. Ah, got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, there's a lot of, friends that I have that grew up Catholic and converted into Christianity. There's a lot of um, Buddhist friends that I have that converted into Christianity. It's more like no matter what religion you maybe grew up with, or maybe you were an atheist or agnostic or whatever, like you could go from anything and you could have your own God experience where he literally shows himself to you in like a a pit of despair moment is normally when it happens. (laughs) And then your the truth is kind of your eyes are open and everything just makes sense. Okay. So So I love that. Um, For you, it's like you got, it's so funny because in the beginning you were saying when you were, you know, you were growing up Baptist and you went to church and everyone was like, sex is bad. Don't talk about sex. It's all hidden. Right. And you got your clarity about that from the Bible, which is kind of ironic. (laughs) The Bible talks about everything. It talks about adultery. It talks about everything. Yeah. So I love that you got your turnaround from like, just like from basically like the Bible. And that was like growing up, it was like, it was all taboo. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's really interesting how that turned out um, and how you were able to flip that around and use 
just like your the whole gratitude and appreciation to now your husband and you have like an amazing relationship just based on what you're sharing online and from what I can see. Um, and so like, I'm curious. So like that started to, I guess, inspire your husband <laughs> to be like, okay, she's paying attention to me and not nagging. <laughs> yeah. Well, inside Sexify her, I actually, by the way, sex, sex, ah, I can't even say it. Sex is five. <laughs> Sexify her is my 11 step process basically that I use on our own relationship. <laughs> okay. So there's 11. And I'm not going to be able to remember them all, but like the main one is taking full responsibility, looking at yourself, seeing what can I do to bring in, you know, the connection again mm. with my husband. So what I started to do <clears throat> is I actually wrote out several things on a piece of paper, did not tell Chuck at first. I didn't tell him at all what I was doing. I actually wanted to use it as a test to see if I started to do these things, if it would bring in more sex into our relationship, which is what happened. So one of them was I stopped the nagging, literally stopped it. So now our conversations became more about, thank you for doing this. You're doing mm. so good at this. You're such a good father. You're such a good provider. So I basically started to love on him in the words that I knew that he actually loved. I also dug into our own like love language. I mean, I, I already knew what mine was. I knew and it's been like this forever. Like I knew mine was physical touch and words of affirmation. I did not know Chuck. At the time. Mm. So I pretended, so I had to pretend I had to lie. I'm fine with that because it, it brought good <laughs> from it. But I had, I basically said, Hey, you know what? My friend, my friend has a couple, they're married. They took this test and it was really cool because I'm seeing them like their love for each other is like stronger. Would you be open to taking this test with me? I am just curious to see. Like if we're the same or different, like, I just want to know, you know? Yeah. So we both took the test, answered all the questions, the five love language tests. If you haven't taken that, I think it's five love language.com or test.com. I can't remember, but his came out with, uh, acts of service. Mm. And so once I knew that, cause I was only giving him my love language before I was mm -hmm. like, wanting to touch him and I was like telling him good things. Now he liked hearing good things, but was he receiving it where he was actually feeling like the little love bubbles that we love to feel inside yeah. our heart? No. Yeah. So, you know, and then too, he was actually showing me his love language for a long time. So he thought that I automatically knew that he loved me because he would cook us food. Mm. He would go to work to provide the paycheck. If I said I had a need, he would fulfill the need. There was always, you know, like a monetary need, things like that. So, but I wasn't receiving it. It didn't yeah. make me feel, it didn't make me feel loved. So once I knew what his love language was, that's the second thing that I started to do is instead of like, I still gave him mine because it just was natural, 
but I also started to put into practice what his love language was. Mm -hmm. So then when he was feeling more loved, guess what would happen? He would uh, like like sex. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, eventually, yes. But like, if he was feeling loved, then he was filled up. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, then he automatically, it was just a human automatic thing that I started to notice. He started to give me my love language. Ah, it just I came natural because yeah. he was so filled up. He wasn't empty anymore. Mm. So then it was like we were both giving each other the, the love that we, how we recite, receive love. And that is what ended up leading to more sex is he wasn't feeling like the fingers were coming at him. So he wasn't yeah. in defense mode yeah. anymore. And then he was receiving his love the way that made sense. You know, to him, and so that started to open up the door for him to even want to have more sex. I love that because, so like, that is where it started to turn around. I love that, and you know what's really cool is because I've interviewed other people on the podcast who've worked with Allison Armstrong, and I've done a lot of Allison Armstrong's like um, courses. Um, so I just, okay. I love what you just shared about the three things that shifted in you and your relationship, and. Um, I've interviewed other people on my podcast that have worked with Alison Armstrong or studied with her. And I've taken a lot of Alison Armstrong's courses. Um, and so for those of you who are, have not heard Alison Armstrong or like what, um, basically she is, she's done so much research on men and she teaches a lot of courses on, um, communicating within men, with men as women and all of that. So she's, you know, she's done Queens code. That's her book. And what I love what you just shared is like based on your own experience, right? Like your own experimentation based on like things that you're like, oh, I wonder if this is going to work. Exactly. <laughs> like exactly. that, and it actually parallels like just to like what I've learned with Alison Armstrong of appreciating men of like, if we nag them, <laughs> if we point fingers, if like they're, that's not how they're going to best respond to what we need. And that's I love right. that you just kind of did it your way and you came up with your own method, like your own strategy, so to yep. speak, um, yep. which is amazing. And yeah. it's like, that's very commendable. Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. And I remember reading, <laughs> And I actually think this is really powerful and I feel like not enough women necessarily do this. Um, And it's like, I remember you shared on a Facebook post how like you didn't really have a lot of, like you weren't given education around like sex, right? Like you didn't know what was good. And so there there was a a time period in your life where you went rogue (laughs) and you're like, I was just humping everything. You were just trying to figure out what felt good for you. <laughs> I don't think those were your words, but I be- Michelle, I became a hoe. <laughs> but I feel like it's like you know what though those those hoe days were actually like really good. Yeah, I I really enjoyed myself. I really did. And one of the things that I don't share this online, so just your listeners are going to hear this. Chuck was actually a virgin when I met him. So it's, it's actually not surprising that he doesn't have a lot of experience with being the instigator and you know what I mean? So yeah. like I've had to actually train him, <laughs> you know, over the years. Yeah. So my, my whole days have come, come 
come in handy. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like you actually went on and figured out what felt good for you. And I think that's actually really important because even with guys who do have experience in bed, like they still don't like they get, they're really guessing what feels yep. good unless you verbally tell them in a very receptive way that they can receive it versus yeah. like, don't do that. <laughs> I know. Well, as a matter of fact, it's so funny you bring this up because one of like, I spend a whole day in my course on sexual confidence. Mm. This is the juicy, 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 like, oh my God, what Heather, you're sticking a dildo in your mouth. Like I literally am like literally giving instruction on how to give a really kick-ass blowjob where you're actually touching all of the sensitive nerve parts on a man's penis. Like that's not stuff that, you know, I was taught. Like I had to learn it over the years. And there's a lot of Christian women that have never watched porn mm. because they just never went rogue like, like I did, but they really want to know. And then also like some of my clients, which is very interesting, They've had kids, but have never orgasmed. Mm -hmm. And I didn't even know that was a thing. Like, I honestly had no idea that that was even a thing. And so I spend this whole day talking about how to get comfortable with our bodies, where to touch yourself so that you can actually experience an orgasm. Because, like, if your husband is really wanting to please you because he really, really loves you and he wants you to orgasm, he wants to know that you're getting off, he wants to see that, you know, he's pleasuring you. If you haven't done that for yourself, you're going to have a really, really, really hard time being able to say, touch me there, touch me there, and all that, right? So I spend this whole day on going over anatomy. And mm. I talk about male anatomy and I talk about female anatomy. I literally am on my bed showing a lot of positions that I actually personally do that I love that helps me to orgasm uh, faster. Like if there's like, um, you know, like maybe you have a time thing and you got to hurry in the kids, but you like both want to get off. So I'm actually talking about like, you know, at to a mom, <laughs> like if you're a mom and you only have a certain amount of time, like here's what, here's what you need to do on the penis. And here's like what you need to do, you know, with the balls at the same time and like all of that kind of stuff. And then like, here's where you can actually be touching yourself, get comfortable touching yourself while he's in you. So I'm like talking about all of these different possible scenarios on how to really enjoy the sexual process. I talk about toys and lube and porn. I go into my open relationship, um, which went for about nine months. So in the beginning of this whole thing, when Chuck and I were like, okay, let's like figure this stuff out. He was like, you know, in the meantime, if you want to go out, I will give you permission to go out. He's like, I just be worried you're not going to love me anymore. And I was mm. like, no, I just feel like if I could get the sexual pleasure stuff happening, because maybe you don't want it as much, then I can come back and stuff like that. So it was really this interesting thing for like nine months because going without <laughs> for so long and then all of a sudden having it again, I came out of myself. Like, so I'm very thankful for that time. I'm very thankful for that time um, because it, it helped me to blossom. It helped me to remember what it was like to experience being a woman and to being wanted and all of those kind of things. And then when I knew I was done because it wasn't giving me what I thought, I actually thought it was just sex that I was wanting. It turned out it was the soul connection mm -hmm. with my husband because he is the 
person that gives me that soul connection when I'm having sex and I orgasm, I literally cry like a lot mm. of times because it's very powerful. And I was thinking that I could find that in going out. No, it was not like that at all. So I came back home, very happy that I had that experience. <clears throat> but now we actually have some really cool positions <laughs> that I didn't even know existed because back in the day, it was like missionary, yeah, you know, doggy, like maybe the side when you lay on the side, but like, you know, like I didn't know, like yeah. I didn't know. And even porn has changed over the years too, as people have gotten more comfortable and testing, you know, different positions too. So anyway, it's been this big, amazing um, time for us in the last three years has definitely like, we're so, so much better. It's not like I'm getting sex every day though. Like I always tell people, look, I don't know if there's a person that gets sex every day. Like if you go to work and you're tired, like there's going to be times when you're going to, you know, probably go without sex. But now I'm actually fine. Like before I would be complaining and I used to think something's wrong with us as a couple. Now I know if there's times like that, it's just, I go into this resting state of mind. I, you know, don't take it personal anymore. If I get horny, I just go take care of myself. And then when it's time for us to come back together again, then here we are, you know? Mm. So now I'm like totally cool. And I understand that there's supposed to be, you know, ups and downs and how Janice says, ebbs and flows. Ebbs <laughs> <laughs> and flows, highs and lows. Yeah. I know. Um, and I've come into myself and I'm not like, hiding myself from Chuck anymore for a long time I was this perfect little quiet Christian woman now I'm like you know what I was stuffing myself down like mm. I have fully come out of myself I have fully like emerged as a butterfly I'm so confident I share my confidence with Chuck I don't hide it from him even if it makes him feel uncomfortable because he's not there yet I'm still fully me and he that. loves it. Like he's yeah. literally appreciative and he will say, I'm very happy that you are yourself. I wish that you had come out a long time ago. Like mm. he says that to me a lot. So amazing. That's amazing. And like, just like, I know, I don't know if your husband's ever going to hear this, but like, I just feel like the fact that he was like, I don't know, cause not all guys would be like, open enough to say, okay, if you want to go out and that's just so, um, I don't know. I just think that's beautiful. Like that kudos it's to him. It's beautiful, but I also get judgment for that. <laughs> what's get wrong, what's that? wrong with your husband? <laughs> you know? no. But you know, I'm, nobody, like no one's going to understand our relationship. Yeah, exactly. Just like I won't understand everyone else's relationship. Exactly. Everyone has a different dynamic exactly. and it's, it's getting to that place of being cool and chill with like your own dynamic and stop stopping the stress thing about the little things that just don't freaking matter and you know learning how to love as you want to you know receive love and love on them as they receive love and just staying patient you know and never giving up like going in like all in like you're never giving up this is for life we made this commitment to each other we understand there's going to be different times in our life where i'm going to change you're going to change but it's this beautiful roller coaster of life that we can actually you know, decide to stay on together. And it's yeah. just, it's so like, I can't even describe to you how good, like how good that feels. Mm, I love that. And like, it's funny because it's so interesting how, I mean, to each their own, 
like really and like when I don't when I say that I mean like I I do know of husbands who have been open for their wife you know like I so it's not like that's why I don't know it's just so interesting how societal conditioning has put us in boxes um and like you know you know I do human design and actually there are there are human design like energies where it actually doesn't necessarily make sense to be monogamous right so having like a polyamorous like open relationship open marriage whatever as long as it's consent on both ends and there's a way to navigate that I think that's another way people can live (laughs) there's no like set rules so you know I appreciate how you're open about that online because not a lot of people are and (laughs) you do go through quite a lot of judgment I have to say and so I just want to give you props for continuing to show up and not letting haters take you down thank you seriously that means a lot yeah and facebook too because you know they have their rules right so remember how i told you how i got blocked well the the thing that made me get blocked <clears throat> was i said something about a blow job it was something like you want to learn how to, to give a, a killer blow job or something like that i forget how, how it is but i had like over 100 comments on it too like it was a really kick-ass post like a really good one. I had a lot of people messaging me wanting to take just the blowjob mm. class, like just the blowjob class because they needed it. And finally someone's talking about it, someone they already know, like, and trust <laughs> because mm. they've been following me for years. And so they're like, oh my God, if Heather's teaching this, she's gonna help me feel super comfortable, <laughs> yeah. you know? But yeah, it ended up getting blocked and taken down. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of had to learn how to like maneuver. Yeah you know, in social media to make like the platform happy, but then also, you know, still be myself and still be able to like, you know, be available if someone needs, you know, some help in this area. I wonder, I don't know, this is like kind of going off topic, but this is just an idea that I had. Do you have a private Facebook group? Yes. Are you allowed? Not, not everyone. I have a paid group for sex by her but excuse me even in there even in there oh so careful with my music oh i get music but like will facebook censor you if you're in a private group they have for me oh even okay outside of music yes oh interesting that's too bad (laughs) like there's actually like a lot of times what i've had to do when i've taught classes because of that is i'll just give people my zoom you know, yeah, and we'll, we'll just go on together. And then if people are uncomfortable with the camera, they can turn it off. Right. You know, if they want to be on, they can. So I've, I've learned, you know, how to maneuver, you know, through that. And I, I really hope, and this is what my prayer is right now, is once COVID is over for our little area, we live in a pretty rural area, so they still have us kind of closed, closed up. But I really, really want to see what God can do helping me to take this local. Like, I actually have one in my meditations that I do. I'm like literally imagining me up on a stage teaching a lot of what I teach, but in person. Mm, And even taking it to the, you know, even doing like little strip tease dances that I help women to do when they want to get like sexy, sexy time, you Mm -hmm. know, with their husbands, but they've never been shown how to do like a strip dance. 
Yeah, and they want to learn how to get comfortable and, and maybe help to choreograph, you know, like a little something for them. So that's that's a big part of what I do too, because I love to dance. Yes. <laughs> love to dance. I love it. And I just love how like you're like you're just um because yeah, you'll do Facebook lives, you do videos of you dancing, and it's just like full body embracing of who you are and just like owning it. And I think like more people need to see that. Um, and just, you know, like, I just feel like we have so much judgment around ourselves so much that it's like, we need fresh faces. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, okay. You know, it's like so. when I see you doing certain things that are positive, it gives me permission. Yeah. So if, women are seeing me giving, you know, that example of being comfortable with my sexuality and my body and the confidence, then it, it helps them. They might not ever buy into like my program, but they're still giving themselves permission just by watching. Exactly. And I absolutely love that. Like that's the whole reason why I even started to talk a lot about this stuff is because like my heart is to help other women to give themselves permission to feel free in that mm -hmm. area and to not like you said be in a box anymore right. yeah you know, and to and to come out of that past conditioning and the church and like i actually too work with a lot of women that have been sexually abused mm. and so they like have a really hard time challenging to get comfortable touching themselves and those women are a lot of times the ones that have never experienced orgasm because they think that the whole sexual experience is dirty and they mm -hmm. think something's wrong with them and their body and all that kind of stuff. And so a lot of the work I even do with like my private clients right now, I have a couple of them that have gone through this and I'm just walking them through, you know, the whole forgiveness and letting go and opening themselves up to the possibility that they can, you know, get comfortable with their body again and, and slow and ease into it. They don't have to do the whole thing all at once, but slowly maybe just touch the shoulder. Like mm -hmm. how does it feel? Now, how does this feel when you go a little bit lower onto your boot? Like, you know, so it's just taking it as slow as they want. And I just absolutely love it. I really honestly feel like God is in this work. Like, I literally feel it. And I'm so passionate and so excited and thankful that I'm able to do this for other women. Oh, I love it. So with that said, how can people learn more about you? Okay. I'm on Facebook all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Follow it's Heather like, on party with, party with Heather. <laughs> <laughs> so on Facebook, you can find me at Heather Tucker Motivates. So that's okay. my page. I also have my personal you know, profile, which is Heather Tucker. And then on Instagram, I have Heather.Michelle.Tucker. And Michelle's actually with one L. So okay. not, not two. Um, if they want some information on Sexify Her, like if, if someone out there listening would like to join the actual program, um, you can go to bit.ly, so bit.ly forward slash Sexify Her. Just make sure you spell sex all capitalized. So capital S, capital E, capital X, and then lowercase I-F-Y, capital H, little E, little R. And okay. I don't know if you, like in your podcast, you put yeah, I'll put all the yeah. information in the show notes. So mm -hmm. 
Thanks so much, Heather. It's such a blast talking to you. And I love how like you're just, you know, you're who you are and you're sharing things. Um, just, you're just, there's no, there's no filter. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. Not and, anymore. And I think that's like a breath of fresh air, very liberating and uh, your work is so needed. So thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Oh my God. Thank you so much for having me. This has been an absolute blast. I love you uh, so much. Thank you. So yeah, my pleasure. And uh, for those of you listening, feel free to share, tag us, Insta stories, and uh, reach out to Heather if any of her work resonates with you. And I'll talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye. Join our free private Facebook group community, Sacred Emergence, to receive more connection, guidance, and support. And take part in our five-day inner confidence challenge to not only boost your confidence, but to help activate your inner leadership. Details in the show notes. Thank you for listening to the Sacred Emergence podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And thank you in advance for sharing this with others who can benefit. Until next time.